We'll get back to that in just a minute. This is Ira on Sports on the True Oldies channel. I do believe we have Tom D'Angelo from the Palm Beach Post joining us. Tom, you there? Yes. Hey, how you doing? This is Mike with Iron Sports. I've got Ira here as well, and uh, we're all excited. Honda Classic Week kind of has a way of taking over uh, our little community here in South Florida. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. So, Tom, the reason I wanted to have you on is I, I just said before the show started, you know, of all the golf writers out there, you're a straight shooter. I mean, you'll say, look, the Honda Classic <laughs> doesn't have great players, this and that. You're not right. you're not a PR specialist and you're not a PR uh, specialist for the PJ Tour, which, you know, you read about the Genesis. And it was like, you know, I was there at the Genesis for three days and you thought that it was the greatest tournament that's ever created. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to write in your column. Jay Modham is the greatest commissioner of all time. So I do appreciate the fact that you're very objective in terms of the live and the Honda and everything and i think that's why people uh -huh. love reading you well i appreciate that and, and you know the, I, I i don't know how you can sugarcoat it the honda you know that they, they have just gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to the pga tour the last four or five years uh the schedule has just they've doing done them no favors and uh you know during that time there you know we know the, the honda the american honda is pulling out this year or ending their 42-year relationship um, and it doesn't have everything to do with the field the last four or five years. This was, this was uh, something they knew was coming for a while. But uh, still, you know, you're looking, at a, you're looking at an event that had the longest-running sponsor, title sponsor in, in, on tour, uh, 42 years. You're looking at an event that the charity numbers continue to grow despite the difficulty of getting uh, a, a decent field in there, and, and attendance continues to grow with the exception of, Everybody had, you know, in 2020, 2021, when everybody had issues with attendance. But it, it, and they just continued to squeeze it. And this year was, I mean, th this year was over the top. This year, the Honda sitting there in the middle of five events in which the two in front of them were designated as elevated events, meaning they had $20 million purses. The two after are designated as elevated events. Now, we the players is a big event either way, but... Twenty million dollars for the uh, for the Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational, twenty five for the players, and there's Honda with an eight point four million dollar purse. Very few guys are going to play five in a row, so they're not going to skip another. Uh, they're not going to skip one of these top events with twenty million dollar purses to play at Honda. And a lot of them don't like the course as it is. I mean, they, they just had they had no chance this year of getting a decent field. So I, I think, you know, as I wrote yesterday, that uh, it, it's time for the tour to do them a solid and figure out what they can do next year to help rectify this issue where they are just not, their, their fields have just been embarrassingly uh, bad at, at at times the last four or five years. And, you know, the one thing about the Honda, the fact that when Tiger moved here to Palm Beach County, uh, 2012, 13, 14, 18, I mean, when you had Tiger and Rory battling, you know, yep. for, to win it, and you, and we're throwing people like Brooks Kepka when Ricky was hot, he was playing. Dustin Johnson even played a couple times. You have Daniel Berger, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson even came. I mean, this, there was yeah. a time where this was, you know, I'm not comparing it to the Platte. It is sort of at that level of almost Genesis-like. Well, so, you know, when you have Tiger yeah. in a tournament, that's, that's big enough. But, Tiger, Rory, Justin, all those guys. And now to have nothing like that is pretty amazing. No, you're absolutely right. You can go back to, you know, 12, 2011 to 2015, 16. It was as, it was as good because of its location and, and being an area where it seems like half the tour lives within a 10-mile radius of, of uh, PGA National. Uh, it was as good as a non-major a non on tour as there, as there was at, for the, at that time. And there's no doubt, and it was it was a, a very you know very popular stop for these guys. And being part of the fall, you know, being the start of the Florida Swing many of those years, 
um, you know, it, they they can they can come here, they can start at Honda, and they can drive to Orlando, drive to Jacksonville, drive over to the Tampa area for for the Valspar. I mean, guys would play it, and it was, and it was a popular event, and and they they just you know bumping the West Coast swing right up against it. They had those few years where they had it was insane. They had a they actually went before Mexico one year, and then they had. They had Mexico, uh, the, the event in Mexico before uh, before them. They they moved it around. Nothing really worked. So so they got some work to do to try to figure out how they can get a good field in here. Well, your excellent article about the Honda, you explained, and even I didn't remember, is that yeah. for the next three years, because of the nature of the calendar, there's actually an yeah. extra week between January 1st and then the Masters. So there's an extra week to play with. Are they thinking of moving? Like, where would they move it to? Are they going to leave it there and give it an extra week? Like, I mean, what, what do you think the plan would be? What? They, to do something. I think I, I think the plan is I mean there's there's always a possibility the Honda could move and people have spoken about that possible you know back to April um, forward to April maybe a couple of weeks after the Masters or even backward but I don't think that's happening in the next three years I think what they're looking at for next year and in, in the uh, uh, Andy Pazner who runs the tournaments the scheduling in charge of the scheduling has I spoke to him at length the other day and and he kind of hinted at this too. They would like to split up to help the Honda. The way they can help the Honda is stick that extra week, split uh, that extra week between the Genesis and Honda, which means the extra week between the end of the West Coast swing and the start of the Florida swing. So if you put, uh, like you could put either A, what would help them a lot would be to put kind of that, that Puerto Rico event, the, the, alternate, the, alternate, the alternate event, alternative event, however they, whatever they call it, which was a much smaller scale. In that case, none of the big names would be playing at all that week. That would give them a week off between West Coast and Florida, and they could slide right into Honda with having a, a, a nice rest, and most of them would play in that case. Or even another event where it's, uh, they, they could move something from South, that, that they, I guess there's an event that um, could be moving into South Carolina, that they could move in that spot. So as long as it's not, and it won't be, as long as it's not a an event with a $20 million purse before Honda and after Genesis, which they will not do. That's definitely not going to happen. It gives Honda a chance to get some of those players. You know, some could play another, I'd say an event on the level of Honda, an $8 million purse, say. Some could would play that after Genesis, depending where it is. If it's on the way to Florida, they could stop and play it. Some and or some would just skip it and come to Honda. So that would, without question, help the field. Look, they're, they're not like they're not going to get twenty three out of the top twenty five. I, I think is what Genesis had and and Phoenix had. You know, I don't know twenty two out of the top twenty five, something like that. They, they know they're not going to get that. But they if they can get back to getting, you know, ten or twelve out of the top twenty in the world and and five or six of the top ten. I mean, that, that's that's all they that's what they need. That's a really really attractive field. That's a quality field. And by doing this, it could help. And then you look beyond the three years and that calendar goes back because of the, because of the calendar, the, the schedule goes back. They lose that week. That's when they've got to figure out where do we want it in the schedule and what years will they give it, a, will they make it elevated? Because at some point, as long as the new sponsor agrees and the sponsors have a lot to say, a lot of say in this, at some point they will be offered to have, uh, as an elevated event, to have a $20 million purse. It won't be every year, but they'll they'll get them in that kind of rotation, and um, you know that that probably won't come till 
uh, until two or three, a minimum two years down the road, three or four down the road, and the sponsor has to be on board with that. Yeah, and they're going to have to find a sponsor that's even going to pay eight million without the, with Honda pulling out. So yeah, you know, it's so it's easy to say, oh, we'll find someone to pay twenty, but you're having trouble finding someone to play eight. So that's yeah. That, that, I think I don't. I don't think they. Have, I don't think they have problems finding a sponsor. They, they they've had. They have some. You know, according to them, they have some quality candidates that have narrowed it down to about four or five. And they, they are very confident they're going to get a, a, a really good sponsor. The, the, just the question is, and some have, some have balked at ha- be, having their event elevated. Some of these sponsors like where they are now. They like paying, say, an 8 to $10 million purse because they get, where they are on the schedule, they get a really nice field. Their charity dollars are coming in. Their attendance is great. And they say, we don't need to be an elevated event because when you elevate it to $20 million, that eight to that extra 10 to $12 million, Sponsors pay a lot of that. It's, it's kind of a, it's I don't know if it's fifty fifty, but that that money is is comes out of both the PGA Tour and the and the title sponsors' pockets. So they're they're that's a that's a, a pretty big investment for the sponsor to make to try to get a you know to try to get a nice field. So like like I said, some of them already have that field. They don't need that extra money. They say no, thank you. We we don't need it, and that's fine. So it, we just don't know. It it really depends on. Uh, who the sponsor, who, who you know, who, who Honda and the PGA Tour choose as a sponsor for the for the tournament here next year. And just to change the subject a little bit, to go back when I was at the Genesis, the biggest one of the big topic of conversations, of course, Lee was on Thursday and Friday when Tiger was battling on the cut line. When right. he finished at plus one, this cut was at even, so people thought he was going to not make it. Then the cut did come surprisingly, went back. But you had like you know, Spieth doesn't make the cut. There's a lot of talk about making you know that Liv might be onto something with these no cut events, and and that you know I know Tiger is proud about his streak of of, of making cuts and everything. Yeah. But there is a there's there is some thought of like in order to sell tickets, in order to get for TV partners to to not have to have no cut events and make the field smaller. Yeah, I well, you certainly would have to make the field smaller. But then, uh, see, I don't like the idea because I think I like getting. People, it, it's so difficult to make the PGA Tour. And these guys uh, that get in there, uh, you know, they probably don't have a chance of winning. But if they can make the cut, they make, are going to make some money. I think you'd lose a lot of your – a lot of the, the mid-level players would – would uh, they just wouldn't have a place to play. I mean, how many of them – if you could have 70 players in a lot of these events, those other 70 that are missing out are not going to be the top players in the world. So uh, I, I know you, I, I've, heard, I've heard that in – I don't think it's coming soon. I don't. I. I, I just don't think golf is going to mess with that. First of all, <laughs> this, you know, this rivalry with Liv, uh, it would be hard. I, I cannot see. I cannot see the PGA Tour kind of conceding that Liv had a good idea, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you know, in, in doing something Liv did. That's number one, especially something that they've done forever. Um, I, I and again, I know this talk about it. I. I just don't see it coming at now. You know. That's that's just me, and it, watch it will happen in two weeks. But I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they're really going to go that way. Well, you had an excellent interview, I think, in the paper last year. What Mito Pereira did well at the PGA yep. Championships. Now he's yeah. left to go to live. Uh, Sebastian, you know, yeah. they, they had some names that maybe aren't so popular, but very good golfers, Pereira, Munoz, and Thomas Peters, who doesn't play on the PGA Tour, but the European Tour. But some people feel right. he's the fourth best golfer now at, at the Live Tour, how how good he's playing, these good young golfers that are going over. So Live sort of under the radar signings of, of these those players in the last well, couple of weeks. Yeah, well, here's what I say about Liv. I think last year they, um, they succeeded what the expect- expectation was for – 
the, the people that were coming onto the tour. Um, I think everybody expect, well, obviously everybody expected Mickelson, Sergio Garcia. We knew he was, you know, he was, he, he just had an issue with the tour and, and there are others, but once they got, once they got Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and DeChambeau, uh, Cam Smith, I mean, I, I, I there was there were some really good names there you did not expect would be leaving the PGA Tour. Now moving forward, when I was at Doral, you they, they the whole feeling from them was there were there were going to be a couple of more big names. Now I know they got like you said they are good golfers, but do any of these guys move the needle? No, none of them move the needle at, at all here. So, but you heard the rumors about. Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley and Jason Day, Adam Scott. That they, they were just uh, John Rahm, and and they were. You could tell that that they were privately believing they were going to get one or two or you know two maybe three of those guys, which would have been a huge, a uh, huge uh, signings for them. It would have been a coup, and none of them. They got none of them. And they wind up with, like you said, you know, some Pereira. And then this week they get four more guys, Brendan Steele and uh, Thomas Peters. Again, like very I mean, great golfers when you, on the, you know, relatively in the scale of everything, when you're in the top hundred in the world, you're a great golfer, but are they going to move the needle? No, I, I, I think they needed to, I, I don't think they're, I don't think they would call this if you gave them truth serum. They'd never say this publicly. I don't think they would say it was a, a successful off season for where they would, what their expectation was, but their expectations, uh, you know, were, were always high, and they're probably never going to meet those. Uh, so, so we'll see. You know, the, the question is, once all once all this external stuff dies down, once we know now, this is this is basically it for this year. There's going to be no more big signings. There's going to be no more big names. They've released the, they've released all the teams. Uh, once, once so once that signs down, and we know week to week to week, there's not going to be any rumors and. We're not going to have these big names thrown on us like Kepka and all of a sudden Patrick Reed and Tim Smith, um, you know, and, and then all the uh, all the, the drama and the flair and, the, you know, the lawsuits. There's going to be no probably no more lawsuits filed. In fact, we may see some of them dropped. Are people going to be interested in the golf? And I think that's the big question because the, the events I've been at or, or just covering this and writing about it through the year, they do have their core fans who do like it, but, I mean, they that's you know we're talking a few we're talking not many relatively um i'm not sure right now they can just they're gonna uh they can exist by just selling the golf they have a long way to go for people to become interested in what's going on on the court once all the drama off the court dies down well now that people when now with the television deal with cw network whether people are going to see it you're right i mean that's going to be this is going to be issue because last year was hard you know it's hard to pull up on their the channel on your computer and stuff like that so we're going to see But one more question. You had another article. Your articles are so great. I again, I just continue to read every article. If I see an article that finds interesting, I find I go, it's not another Tom D'Angelo byline, and it always is. But you had another <laughs> article about Brooks Kepka, and I thought that was pretty intriguing about your analysis of where his game is. That was unbelievable. And you know, this was right. I, I you know, I just watched the, the Netflix full swing and just kind of you know see where he is. Knowing Brooks and having covered many of his many of his made many of his tournaments, four years ago, three, four, five, six years ago, or when he started that run from seventeen to nineteen, there was not a more mentally tough, confident golfer in the world. He would step on the course at a major, 
thinking he was going to win, and everybody else would think he was going to win. He he just he demanded that stage. I I was shocked at how fragile he looked in those episodes last year, and that started right after he had a poor fourth round, uh, final round at Phoenix, and then he just I mean he just fell off the shelf in the majors. Two missed cuts, two actually both both the other two he finished fifty fifth. So that that you know this is a guy who was the most feared golfer in the world when it came to majors. He was um, he, he he was a mess. You know he's, he's out there just saying Brooks Koepka would never four or five years ago he would have told you he's the best in the world. No one can beat me when I get on the course. I know I'm going to beat them. He was saying <laughs> I can't beat these. Guys. He, he, he was saying I can't beat these guys last year. I've never seen that. So that was really interesting. And you know he went to live and I. And I still believe he would never say that. I believe that has something to do with it. I think he was doubting his game, and he just wanted to go to some place where there was, you know, he's not, it, it, obviously was going to be in the spotlight. The competition is nowhere near what it is on the PGA Tour, and he's going to make a, you know, make a boatload of money not having to play his best. One one event, but again, the, the field, the comp, they're not comparable. But then he came out this year, two, three weeks ago, and he missed the cut in two Asian Tour events. He misses the cut and finishes 46. So where is this game? So we'll, we'll see starting this week when they start the season and live, and even that won't be a great, again, you know, the, the fields are relative here. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he's at, and I'm not sure. And he even made it sound like he's even doubting whether he can get it back. And, boy, that is that is such a departure from the Brooks Kepka we, know, we knew from 2018. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, because Kepka would be, you know, even I would say I don't care what he does in the the, the tournaments. I mean, you'd always count him. I mean, his run in majors over three, four years was like top four, top five, almost every single it was major. Remarkable, and it yeah. wasn't just winning. He was in, he was in all, but I think there was a stretch of what four times sixteen, like fifteen. He missed one. He was injured. Like fourteen or fifteen majors, I believe ten. He was in the top ten, winning four. He was runner up four, three or four times. It, it was remarkable how where he would, you know, a major was coming and you knew Brooks was going to be laser-like focused for, the, for that tournament. Well, Tom, I really appreciate you coming on. I know this is the super busy week for you. And uh, so thank you so much for coming on Iron Sports and oh, talking about this. Thank you so much. Eddie, 